Hello and welcome to the Engagement Coach Podcast. Welcome to the Engagement Coach Podcast with your host, Amrit Sander. So this week, our topic of conversation is health and well-being and more focused on the nutrition side of it. You know, what's fueling us every day and are we getting the best out of ourselves in terms of what we can achieve or is what we're eating and uh, consuming having a bigger impact than we think? And to help us, I've got a fantastic guest who's a, a published author and has worked around the world helping organizations to focus on nutrition and health and well-being. And she joins us today. So Colette, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, I, I'm not going to steal any thunder in introducing you. You've done so much and you've got so much expertise. It'll be really good before we get into our deep discussion on lifestyle and nutrition for you to introduce yourself, your, your expertise and, and what you've done. Thank you, Amrit. I'm delighted that, uh, to have this opportunity to talk to you today on this podcast. So thank you. Yes, my name is Colette Hennigan, and I am the owner and founder of Optimum Living Limited. Optimum Living is a well-being services organization, and we work with large uh, companies and professional sports teams and individuals um, all over the world, but mainly in Europe, uh, helping businesses to enable people at work to live better and make better choices whilst they're at work and also provide education opportunities. But I'm also an author of uh, a book called Work Fuel, which I'm sure we'll touch upon as we uh, as we go through this session. But Work Fuel is all about making nutrition accessible, relevant and easy for everyday living, and especially for people that have these action-packed busy schedules. So it's really about um, making it accessible and easy to pick up. So I'm a naturopath, I'm a herbalist, I'm a coach, I'm a nutritionist and lots of other things in between. Um, and really excited about having a conversation about some juicy subjects today. And um, one thing we met a few years back and your passion was the one thing that really came out. I mean, how can someone <laughs> get so passionate about health and nutrition and you, you find a way to take people on a journey with you to really get enthusiastic about actually this is a really interesting topic and the impact it has. I mean, there must be so much out there that that. Um, you've come across of the impact that a nice, healthy nutrition, you know, nutritious diet can have on, on us. Um, can you, can you share any details or facts and figures about, you know, the impact this has, the, the importance of it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. The, it is literally food is the foundation of how we're going to feel that day and how we're going to feel the rest of the week, the month, the year, and, you know, ultimately our health outcomes for our lives. So, you know, really uh, loading our forks with stuff that's going to nourish us and help us with our energy and well-being that afternoon is also going to add to how many years we live and how many years we live well so you know it's really is integral and to uh, you know our lives uh, and I think sometimes what we do is uh, with food is we make a, one bad decision and that perhaps derails us uh, for quite some time, you know, um, or we, we kind of kid ourselves into thinking that we're, we're not eating that badly. But when you actually start to weigh up, it's maybe five days out of the seven that we're eating on the run or we're just grabbing something that's not really uh, that nourishing. And so it's it really does take its toll on us. And rather than looking at what it what it can stop us doing I'd really like to look at what it can enable us to do so I talk in the book about you know do you want an extra day in your week because ultimately cognitively speaking we can create that just by certain foods 
So giving us that brain space, that capacity, um, that ability, uh, we could just one one particular food can help with um, uh, this, you know, enabling us to perform in our brains 26% more than we would have done had we not eaten it. Um, and when all of this kind of adds up, you start to see the real payback of, of how this can enable our lives, add more colour into our days um, and really help us be even more brilliant than we already are, perhaps. Um, or maybe we want just that more energy, uh, which is really, really key to. Isn't it ironic that um, probably the last thing we think about is food? You know, we're, we're busy doing everything else. And it's almost the I, I remember I did a job where I was running around um, all over the UK and lunch Sometimes I'd skip it just because I didn't have time. Or if I did have time, I would just, it would be the last, it would be done without thought. It would be just throw something down you to mm-hmm. fill the hole or to, you know, stop the rumbling. And, and, but I had other things that were more important. And then when you put it into perspective like that, to say a day back and 26% improvement, I mean, you think that's quite, that's serious. I mean, that, that's, that's significant. Hence the, I guess the title work fuel. This is the thing that's fueling us. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I'd say that's actually just talking about one particular nutrient, not one particular food, but one particular nutrient. That was one study um, that was on omega-3 and it was done at the Berlin University. And it was really quite a robust study as well. And, and there's lots of things that kind of um, underpin that. Um, but that's just one thing, omega-3, which we can find in things like oily fish, um, dark green leafy vegetables, chia seeds, walnuts, um, you know, this is available in lots of different forms, but if you're not eating that, then you really are doing your brain a disservice because it cannot operate optimally without it. And and so that's really like an easy fix that you can just add something like that in. But as you say, the real crux of it is when the going gets tough and the days are busy, how do you ensure good food happens? And I was exactly the same as you, guilty as charged of missing lunch you know, I used to swap lunch for meetings and I just hoped that the next meeting had biscuits, you know, and, and I, I used to, that was my, my, my life. This isn't my first career. That was my, my first career working in sales, international sales, traveling, managing a large corporate portfolio of clients um, and also account managers. Uh, and, you know, I just didn't have enough hours in the day. So therefore I just thought, you know, that's a waste of time for me to stop for lunch. Uh, whereas now I realized that I was doing my whole self a massive disservice because food will always be an investment and never a cost. And in fact, that was costing me time. That was costing me concentration and focus. I can't tell you how many times I was sat in dark meeting rooms in the afternoon where, you know, I'd be trying to just keep myself away pinching myself um if one particular colleague was in there we used to we used to have a deal where we'd just jab each other in the leg with a pen you know if we looked like it was gonna nod off and that's because I was just so tired you know I was I was well fed probably overfed but I was undernourished um overall and so you know I now see that uh, you having some structure to how you eat eating regularly taking that break will always pay back always give you give you a return you know it's like the best best bank account ever we've got a strange relationship with food i think we human beings i mean i I think um whenever you think of food it's a bit like exercise we we just never seem to get it right and it seems like (laughs) such hard work that you know and and then you have phrases like 
comfort food. You know, when you're stressed, I feel like some comfort food. And we almost have this relationship that says it's a sin um, and I'm going to indulge because I just need it right now. How do we how do we break this cycle of, of I guess, just just um, indulging in the foods that may not be giving us the best uh, payback in terms of using your account, of the, you know, the, the, the analogy of the bank account? <laughs> Yeah, so so you're literally kind of going into the overdraft with those foods, I guess, and and that's you know as soon as you uh, this kind of makes a connection in the brain, it's really hard to revert back. And I'm not saying that it works all of the time, but I'm saying it will work most of the time when you kind of start to see the fact that you know those those five biscuits for me in that that session whilst I was, you know, presenting perhaps in my old career and skipping lunch, um, absolutely were not setting me up for success. They were setting me up to trip myself up, you know, in terms of, you know, my short-term memory, my performance capability, uh, my blood sugars would have been all over the place. Um, Even my mood would have been affected because serotonin is really receptive you know, this good, good, uh, this feel good hormone is really receptive to blood sugars. And so all of those things that, uh, you know, were happening. And now when I think about doing that, uh, it's the language has changed. And this is when I work with people. This is one of the things that I really work hard on and changing that because it's almost like the wiring that goes beneath that comfort food. Uh, you know, I'm doing this, but it's a bad food change that there's no such thing as a bad food just ask yourself how good do you want to be you know how brilliant do you want to be that day how do you want to feel do you want to feel great because if you do then there's some really easy choices that you can make that's going to help with that and changing things from like I can't eat that to I actually don't want that is also it's giving you the power versus it being taken away from you and I think this is why diets don't work because it's deprivation of some sort. And humans don't like that. We don't like being told what to do. Whereas if you've got the power, I don't want that. That's your power. Then it's a very, very different conversation that you're having. Most conversations, let's face it, are with ourselves. So (laughs) um, yeah, that really, really, I find that really helpful um, for people in terms of changing that mindset. And and it's interesting, the, um, it is the self dialogue, the, 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 the labels we assign some of the foods or the the control we seem to abdicate to say i can't versus i choose not to um mm. it's, it's interesting you know um right now we there's a lot of people who are suffering from stress a lot of people working from home you hear people saying i'm zoomed out from video conferences and video calls <laughs> i found mm-hmm. even myself you know we've um we're not traveling as much because we're all restricted in lockdown and yet I find mm-hmm. myself and people I'm talking to are more exhausted now than ever before. And even even one mm-hmm. day I um I realized I hadn't had a sip of water all day. And mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how even just rehydrating yourself can change how you feel so much. And you think it's just water. <laughs> how complicated mm-hmm. is this? It's just water. And yet mm-hmm. I'm probably sat a few yards away from the kitchen sink and I'm dehydrated. Yeah, exactly. So um you know, with, with all of us working from home um, and stress and, and very little time, are you able to give us some simple tips of what could we do to help improve? You know, think simple things we could introduce to, to, to our diet that doesn't make it feel complicated, that whole relationship, but just small mm-hmm. things that would help us in fueling both our minds and our bodies and work and home. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the key to it is what you just said there, that that little word, you know, small things. And these things don't have to be huge. They can be tiny, they can be micro, but consistency beats intensity. So it's not about a revolution overnight of your kitchen, of buying every food gadget and suddenly spending extortionate amounts on organic foods. It's actually the little thing that you can do the most. And hydration is a good way to start. You know, we live in a world where we have taps and, you know, mostly they're not that far away. And and so if we could just start our day with a glass of water, that's an upgrade to most people's start, which is usually a coffee or tea. And we all wait dehydrated. So just 1% dehydration has effects on our cognition. And like, as you just said, you'd gone all day without having a sip of water. So just firstly, in your mind, think about something that's really small, that is achievable for you, that you don't have to go out and buy anything necessarily for. Uh, and something that's speaking to you right now, because we, we know a lot about nutrition, there's a lot of information out there, but it's usually overwhelmed. But there's going to be one piece that's stuck out and spoken to you more than anything else. And, you know, in the UK, I'd propose one of them is um eating more different colored foods because we're really uh, bad at eating fruit and vegetables um so if i could tell anybody that wants to manage stress at the moment and wants to feel a bit better and is feeling a bit kind of frayed at the edges is just to eat the rainbow and not skittles and not haribos <laughs> but natural colored foods and we're just going into just a beautiful season. Um, you know, we're here in the UK at the moment uh, with summer uh, and the crops are plentiful. So we're seeing lots of great greens that are available now. Loads of berries are coming out. My favorite berries, um, peaches, you know, all this great stuff that we can suddenly just get hold of to rainbow up our plates. The more colors you have, the more kind of brilliant you have the potential to be. Uh, so it's not that complicated. Um, and what, what I say within the book, um, and my co-author actually, Graham, who I've not mentioned yet, uh, yeah, but he's, he talks about he, uh, productivity and how this has affected him personally. He's also the best-selling author of How to Be a Productivity Ninja. And, you know, for him, he felt that when I was coaching him, this was the most simple thing that he could do was just to rainbow up his plate, I think was one of his terms. But, um, you know, so... It, it's not, it doesn't have to be too much of a challenge. That would be the first one. Just be, start to add color, make it small. So it could be zero color at the moment. So add one in, yeah, you know, some cherry tomatoes on the side, a handful of spinach, that kind of thing. So just make it really, really small and achievable. And just as I take some water, cause I'm uh, trying to practice what I preach. And probably the second thing is, the days at the moment are different to however perhaps we've been working before. So one of the things that's gone out of the window is our routine and schedule. And whereas we would have had some sign of visual and social prompts to take a break or take lunch because suddenly the office starts to you know empty out at certain times in the day or you see a colleague get up and go for a walk, um, all of that stuff has gone. And also what has gone too is the demarcation of the day, you know, where it starts and ends. It's become very much kind of like a blur. <laughs> There's a lot of grey right now. So people are starting perhaps some people later, some people are, are finishing a lot later. And mealtimes have got all jumbled up in the middle. And 
that might seem like it's not a problem you're still eating you know we're still alive but eating and meal times is one of the key proponents of your circadian rhythm which is this cycle of one day within the body which helps us sleep and the more we can align to a rhythm the more uh, we're able to sleep better and have quality rest and actually wake feeling refreshed and that's a good question actually when was the last time you woke refreshed if it was this morning then high five if not then there's work to do you know and it, and it can be these simple things so just having a regular meal pattern uh, so it's not even always about what you eat it's often about how you eat too and so that is uh, really uh, a key thing because I'm just seeing people skipping meals all day and then eating at night um, and you know or snacking all day because the fridge is is a lot more local than it's ever been yeah. before um it just keeps on calling our names um so that is the other thing too so think about that and and when you actually do eat just eat don't sit at your desk uh, don't be on that conference call and all of those other kind of nasty habits that we're potentially getting ourselves into because the way we eat matters so get yourself away from the desk for a moment, sit somewhere else, go and sit on a patch of grass, maybe under a tree, you know, all these nice um, analogies that we often see, it makes a big difference. And even if you can start 15 minutes, again, start small. Um, uh, for some people t- taking a lunch hour is just not achievable. So, we- so that's oh, yeah. two, I think. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> um, And then the third one I would say that's really relevant for right now is um, don't bring the the kind of comfort stuff in, the comfort stuff that you associate with like packs of biscuits, big bags of crisps, you know, the big multi-bag crisps, um, all of the kind of processed snacking food. um, If that's in the house, then you're just going to eat it. And, And no nutritional master of science will stop me eating biscuits if they're in the house. Yeah, I do not. Willpower is overrated. Uh, motivation, overrated. If that's in close proximity to me, I will go and eat the biscuits. So just don't bring it in. Don't bring in um, the stuff at home. Um, and then if you are out, you know, in the future, um, pandemic free, and you just fancied that cookie, go and buy yourself a cookie, enjoy it, eat it. But the fact that you're not eating every morning, every afternoon is a completely different um, effect on your body. So don't bring... Uh, that stuff home. Uh, I, I love that. I mean, the the one thing I've noticed, um, Colette, is r- r- you talked about rhythm and routine. I've noticed our own, in, even in our own household, um, we've my children, we, we have a movie night every night. So as, as a mm-hmm. bit of a reward because they're homeschooling and, and what have you. And nice. The, it's nice, but the, the 9.30 cutoff they used to have when they were going to school is now mm-hmm. turning into an 11.30 and our body clock, I've noticed the the lack of structure for when we're sleeping is having an impact on what we're eating or when we're eating. And it's just messed up the whole day that you described it as a blur. That's exactly mm. what it feels like sometimes. As a blur. <laughs> and um, it's quite easy to get into that. As a family now, you're sat there all together in the house. And um, so they're bringing that structure back in and the consequence of that or the knock on effect on that on your food and your diet and your your structure. I've, I've definitely noticed something on that. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, it has. It's, it's become a bit like it happens over Christmas ordinarily, you know, or long periods of holidays. Um, whenever kind of uh, people get long a long period of holiday off all at the same time, then um, 
you know, one day kind of moulds into one. We always joke over kind of the Christmas break that people don't know what day it is. And I, and that's happened with me so many times over the past few weeks where I've spoken to somebody and they said, oh, yeah, so um, uh, is it Wednesday tomorrow? You know, they're asking me the day all the time. And, and so I think a little bit of that has happened, but it's been over a prolonged period of time. So maybe there is like a new normal that's happened. And for some, it may be a change that's increased energy and attention and focus but for most it seems like the opposite has happened so sleep has been disrupted a little um if not a lot uh, and whereas we ha- don't have the commute anymore so therefore we could maybe sleep in a bit longer people are just going to bed a lot later so um they're not getting the benefit of that extra time in bed in the morning as you know the, some of the coaching sessions that I've done this week we've we've had a conversation exactly about that you know going to bed so much later just like you described with your kids and uh, movie night which sounds like loads of fun but when it's every night I guess it um it starts to kind of change the rhythm <laughs> you, have to, you have to get over the you have to get over the argument of which movie we're going to watch and whose <laughs> turn it is to decide so once we get over that that, that takes an hour or two um you know uh, Colette, one of the things um I come across and, you know, having been a pharmacist, I, you know, I focus on a lot on health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that often get accused of is, so what am I, what am I meant to eat? So let's <laughs> take a typical morning, for example. So you're saying I can't eat bread. And, and that's the label that we're saying we're denying ourselves. I shouldn't be eating cereals because there's nothing good in them in terms of just sh- a lot of mm-hmm. sugar. So a typical breakfast um you know for a let's say somebody who's a vegetarian versus non-vegetarian what what would might be a really nutritious breakfast that would be simple that they could just dive into and it'll be a great start to the day you've got any tips on that yeah definitely and i think you know you've summed it up what what the hell should we be eating because it just all seems a bit complicated and um and i guess that the question to the answer to that is that you know we can eat bread uh but just choose bread that's not got 35 ingredients um so you know we want bread that's made with flour and yeast and hopefully um whole wheat and maybe got some seeds or nuts in there as well um you know so so we sourdough is a great thing that we can pick up in most places these days which just means that again it's a bit easier to digest the nutrition's a bit more available from from the grains and uh, yeah so we can eat bread. So that's the first thing I would like to say. And and also with cereals as well. Um, cereals are not all bad. Um, there's definitely a spectrum of cereals, that's for sure. And when you ask people, that they'll probably be able to put them into a bit of an order. Um, they're knowing which ones they should and shouldn't be eating. But I have a little hack for cereals. So if you are going to buy, be buying shop-bought cereals, is just to look at the nutritional information on the side and just take the carbohydrates in whatever column, doesn't matter if it's per serve or per 100 grams, just take the carbohydrates and divide by the fiber. And a good cereal, you're looking at around five or less. You know, it's gonna be a strong cereal, it's got the fiber has been left in there. And, uh, you know, the, the kind of effect that it's gonna be having on the body is gonna be very different to one that's, that's perhaps um, much higher than that. So um, let me give you an example. Um, a popped rice cereal, which is very popular um, across Europe. Um, you know, it says no added sugar on it and these kind of things, and it's fortified with vitamins. If you use that little kind of um, uh, kind of uh, 
formula on there, you would get 81 as the carbohydrates and two as the fiber. So what do we end up with there, Amrit? I'm just hoping that your math 40, is... 41? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, 40 is very, very different. So 40.5 is, is, um, is very, very different to, um, you know, that... Uh, that five number um, and the other thing about cereal is it tends to be beige so um, if you look at some of the cereals that are on the market that maybe even near the five which is less than 10 at least um, there's there's a few more of those they're just they're still beige so you can have cereal but just add some color to it you know you could add um, some berries to the top you could have some walnuts to it you could add um uh, so, you know, a sliced apple, chopped banana. Um, so just think about rainbowing the, the the cereal that you've had. So it could be that you've got something in the cupboard already and you just want, you can just layer it to improve it. Um, so yes, yeah, so those are the first things. You can eat bread and cereals are not all bad, but, but mostly the, the kind of box stuff is uh, not really a great start and a bit beige. So um, outside of that, some other good suggestions are eggs. Um, which are a great start to the day, high in protein, yogurts, uh, you know, whether that be a plant yogurt or, a, you know, dairy yogurt, really, really good, good starts. For, for dairy, I'd, I'd propose to have Greek just because it's a strange yogurt that's higher in protein, those kind of things. And again, you can add things like oats to those um, and fruits and those kind of things. Um, pancakes are a great breakfast. We kind of see those as a big, you know, treat, but Actually, you know, pancakes are a really nutritious uh, breakfast too. Um, wow, who'd have thought pancakes are actually on the list? Yeah, pancakes are on the list. Yeah, and and again, it, it's it's things like, you know, if you was going to have compare that to a bowl of you know cornflakes, and and you you know on your on your pancake you've maybe added some yogurt and and I don't know a chopped pear, um, you suddenly got like you know an egg, a bit of a meal, and something that's gonna gonna fill you up and make you feel good for for most of the morning, um, you know, until that next meal. So just just a few ideas there um, to, as starters. Does that, does that answer the question? Uh, that's great. I mean that that's enough. Uh, tips to to get me going certainly um we, you know it, it can be daunting because if you, again you start to sign these foods right from the onset as you mentioned bad or, or i shouldn't um and you know even bread you, you there's this misconception that actually bread is bad and and so we build up these misconceptions in our head and you're restricted to then drinking water because nothing else is good for you so <laughs> yeah um, definitely speak to you all day long about this subject it's so fascinating and so interesting you've got so much insight in having uh, taught this and and coaching people across the world and your your information all covered in the book uh, which is fantastic work for you thank you so much for for joining us so just in summary let's get back into our rhythm of a uh, structure in our day mm-hmm. introduce some rainbow colors to our Please. food uh, and um so foods aren't bad and good you know the, the labels we assign them you know it's actually just uh being mindful of what you're eating and uh, the value it can add totally yeah just don't bring that bad that the, the stuff in that you know that uh, has a longer shelf life than you and uh, <laughs> you know leaving it in the cupboard just for it to keep calling your name we know that stuff is not going to make us feel great and uh, i say willpower um perfect 
and I, and I love that formula of carbohydrate over fiber. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's over, just anything like, over five. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little a quick indicator, um, and you know, it, it's not uh, completely foolproof, but it's a good. It gives you a good idea uh, as to what you're eating, and if you had the rainbow after that, then you know you're cooking on gas. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> on that, on that note, we're going to call it uh, time there. Thank you so much, Colette, for sharing your insights. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you very much. It's great to have you on the on the podcast. Thank you. So that was uh, Colette Hennigan, who's uh, an expert in nutrition, and it just goes to show how much impact this can have on us, and how much if we take a bit of time out with just a little bit of effort, we can improve our own performance and our well-being. So thank you. Join us again for uh, our weekly podcast with guests and, and more views and thoughts around leadership development, learning development and everything else in between. So thank you all very much. Thanks for listening. Amrit Sander from The Engagement Coach. I will see you soon. Take care. The Engagement Coach Podcast.